1: seven and
2: 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 8 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Steve McIntosh. Longtime broadcaster and Wichita Business Journal editor Bill Roy has died. We have the story.
1: I'm Rodney Price. A Wellington man dies in an officer-involved shooting over the weekend. That story is ahead. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holliday. We have an area of low pressure now spinning in the southwestern part of the country that's going to be passing to the south of us tomorrow and tomorrow night, and that will bring with it the chance of rain and snow. Our full forecast on the way in just a couple of minutes.
2: Bill Roy, editor of the Wichita Business Journal, died Sunday. The Business Journal confirming that the journal's editor since 2003 died Sunday morning at his home of complications from amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. He was 61 years old. The 37-year journalist was diagnosed with ALS in the fall of 2019. Roy was inducted into the Kansas Press Association Hall of Fame in 2022. He was a Kansas State University graduate, worked for KFDI Radio, the Wichita Eagle, and KWCH-TV before being hired as managing editor of the journal and reaching editors soon uh, soon after that. For several years, Bill updated business news on the Steve and Ted in the morning show here on KNSS. A woman was stabbed and a man shot in southeast Wichita Sunday night. Sedgwick County Dispatch received the report of a cutting and a shooting in the 3100 block of South Rutan. A man was shot in the knee, taken to a local hospital in serious condition. The woman stabbed in the abdomen also hospitalized in serious condition. No further details were immediately available. Wichita police are investigating the shooting of a teen early Sunday in east Wichita. Officers in the area heard three shots fired In the 4900 block of East Harry, a 17-year-old girl was hospitalized with a gunshot wound to the leg. Police learned the girl was in a car with two men, a 20-year-old and a 28-year-old, when a white Ford sedan pulled up next to them. A passenger in the Ford sedan threatened the girl and the two men with a handgun, and as they drove away from the sedan, they heard several shots. The KBI is investigating the death of a man in an officer involved shooting Saturday night in Sumner County. Just before 10.30 p.m., two Wellington police officers
1: arrived at a home in the 1100 block of East 7th Street in Wellington to the report of a disturbance. The woman who reported the incident told police her boyfriend, identified as 30-year-old Harley Bagby of Wellington, was inside tearing up the residence. When officers entered the home, Bagby exited a bedroom into the hallway with a large knife. Officers commanded Bagby to drop the knife, but he did not comply and approached the officers. One officer fired multiple times, killing Bagby. The officer has been placed on paid administrative leave. When the KBI finishes their independent investigation, the findings will be turned over to the Sumner County attorney for
2: review. Rodney Price, KNSS News. Flags are now at half-staff at the White House and other federal buildings after Saturday's deadly massacre at a dance club in suburban Los Angeles. Fox's Jackie Ibanez has more.
1: The 72-year-old
2: suspect was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Cops say they found several pieces of evidence in his van linking him to the mass shooting. The gunman killed 10 people
1: and wounded 10 others at a ballroom dance club as they were celebrating the Chinese
3: Lunar New Year. It's reported the killer went to a second dance club with a gun, but patrons
2: there were able to wrestle the weapon away from him and then he fled the scene. Police are still searching for a motive and say they have no reason to believe other suspects remain at large. It's the nation's fifth mass killing this year. Police say the weapon appeared to be a semi-automatic pistol with an extended magazine. Gasoline prices rose over the last couple of weeks. Oil industry analyst Trimley Lundberg tells us by how much.
1: In this case, nine cents rise over the past two weeks to the new price, $3.45 and it's a total of $0.19 cents higher over the past five
2: 18. weeks. Houston has the lowest local average uh, price at $2.85 a gallon. Honolulu is the highest at $4.93. KNSS News Time now, 8.04, four minutes past 8 o'clock.
0: Wichita State men's basketball team was in Texas yesterday. We'll tell you how they fared against Southern
2: Methodist coming up in sports. Big cities and counties across America gearing up for the annual count of the homeless population. That story coming up on the KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted. The KNSS Morning News with Stephen Ted now 8.08, 8 minutes past 8 o'clock, 19 degrees. Tuesday, the Wichita City Council will hold their regularly scheduled consent agenda meeting and workshop in the first-floor boardroom at City Hall. Topics to be discussed during the workshop include the Healthy Corner Store Initiative, Diversity, Inclusion, and Civil Rights Advisory Board Strategic Work Plan, overview of recommended edits to ethics policy, and an animal control update. No one was hurt after a plane struck the top of a truck in suburban Houston Sunday while attempting an emergency landing on a roadway. Texas Department of Public Safety spokesman Richard Standifer says the pilot narrowly escaped death when the plane caught fire
3: typically when a plane makes contact with another vehicle it doesn't end well so the fact that the 18 wheel driver's over there is too it's a good day
2: the pilot is from detroit michigan big cities and counties across america are gearing up for the annual count of the homeless population The annual point-in-time count happens this week nationwide gathering a headcount of the number of people and families living on the streets or in shelters.
1: Many of them veterans like Rebecca Tanner who tells Fox 23 Tulsa that there's
2: a misconception about the homeless. That we are a bunch of thugs or 'er ne'er-do-wells and it's just not true. We are people who worked hard all
1: our lives for a living and just fell under the wrong circumstances.
2: The annual homeless count is submitted to the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which determines the funding and
1: resource opportunities that helped Tanner find a place to call home. Jeff
2: Manasso, Fox News. A happy turn of events for a family after their dogs were stolen in Portland, Oregon.
1: The four show dogs are now back with their owners in Woodinville, Washington, thanks to someone in Vancouver, Washington, who spotted the dogs in a van he found abandoned on the road. The van was stolen with the dogs inside from Portland on Saturday. The Mercedes cargo van was left idling early in the morning near a hotel, and police say the thief jumped in and drove away with the precious cargo inside. The Stolen Dogs, three Scottish Terriers and one Karen Terrier, are show dogs. And we're in Portland for the Rose City
2: Dog Show. Shana Stulen, Fox News. KNSS News time now, 810. 10, minutes past 8 o'clock.
0: All right, we have a uh, traffic accident now. You'll want to avoid the area if you can. Uh, Seneca and Dayton. Seneca and Dayton. Avoid the area. Traffic accident there. Traffic update 98.7 and 1330
2: KNSS. I'm Jed Chambers. Now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning.
1: Temperatures fell below freezing overnight across south-central Kansas. We expect to be mostly sunny today with a high 44. Cloudy overnight, taro in the mid to upper 20s. Then areas of rain develop later tomorrow with a high 38. and We'll likely see a mix of rain and then some snow by later Tuesday night. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday.
2: Now a few clouds, 21 degrees. We have an north wind at 3 miles per hour. Eight eleven, 11 Stephen Ted, KNSS, and uh, Congress is going back to work uh, today, and they've got an agenda for this week. We want to take a look at that, see what they're up to. Fox News Radio's Jared Halpern is with us this morning. Good morning, Jared.
3: Good morning. Almost back to work. The House is oh, back tomorrow, but okay. in this afternoon. <laughs> so, so they, you know, you got to have those travel days.
2: All right, I, I got you. Uh, they stagger it that. All right. So at least they I mean, it's funny,
3: actually. I have in front of me the... Uh, the full congressional schedule for the year. I'm trying to see if there are any full five-day weeks.
2: Oh. There are a couple.
3: <laughs> there are a few. There are a few. I don't want to say there aren't any. There are some. Um, not a lot.
2: So what's uh, – now we've I say the
3: most Washington thing about me is to sincerely wish people a happy weekend on Thursday uh, in the afternoon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the rest of us have to have to work on all kinds. Of things. I mean, I do, too. I'm just saying the people that I see, <laughs> yeah, you know, have a yeah. good weekend.
3: Yeah. Um, um, so what's listen, on the agenda this week? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think one of the big things I'm going to be watching for is um, so the president's meeting tomorrow with congressional Democrats um, at the White House. This comes a couple of weeks before he's set to deliver the state of the union uh, comes as they are trying to work out. Um, how what, what their strategy is going to be as it relates to the debt limit. But I am curious to see when he meets with House Republicans on the debt limit, right? That has been uh, now at the forefront of, of what this divided government is really going to face as far as its first big obstacle, its first big challenge. And you saw late last week President Biden kind of uh, indicate that he was willing to sit down with Kevin McCarthy, with House Republicans, and talk about the deficit and national debt Uh, But those conversations, the White House says, need to be separate and apart from the actual uh, exercise of raising the debt limit, uh, which we actually hit on Thursday. But through what the Treasury calls extraordinary measures, uh, won't actually impact anything until uh, the end of May, beginning of June. And so that gives about, what, five months here for Congress uh, to to work through these issues. Now, the White House, again, has said that they're not going to negotiate on the debt limit. Uh, Republicans have said that they're not going to raise the debt limit without some sort of tie in with spending uh, reforms. And so we'll see where those conversations go. Um, You know, one of the challenges that always comes up when you talk about the debt limit and trying to reduce the deficit and and debt is how you do that. Um, Remember that the majority of spending in the national uh, in the federal government is sort of on autopilot. Right. It's it's Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, you know, super controversial when you talk about changing any element uh, of those programs. So then you look at um, the the appropriated spending, the stuff that Congress allocates. Well, about 55 percent of that's defense spending. Are you going to cut that? So that leaves you with a pretty small sliver of spending that you actually, you know, can, can sort of take a, a cut out of. Now, maybe there is a, a, a degree to which they they look at some of the defense spending, but You know, uh, the other side of deficit reduction is revenue enhancement. And how do you do that, Um, either through taxes or some other sort of, uh, you know, revenue bringing in funding to the government? And, of course, that's always super controversial, right? So the two easiest ways – I don't want to say easy – the two biggest impacts you can make the deficit and debt are entitlement, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and taxation, um, and those are not real popular things to do at any time of year, but particularly now as we are already thinking about twenty twenty four.
2: Yeah, but well, uh, while the pandemic was going on, and all this money just appeared f- for all of us, uh, I'm sure I don't know about you. Of course, I endorsed my check and gave it back to the government, but uh, <laughs> no, all this money was being thrown at, 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 at people to try to keep the, the businesses afloat and people and. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, we're just stacking more money on the debt. And it's got to be paid off. Well, I don't know I mean, that it has that to be of it, paid yeah. off. I mean,
3: look, <laughs> that's, that's the other thing about, about the debt limit, right? We talk about the debt limit as it relates to the national debt, and it does relate to that. But it's also spending that has already occurred. And so that's always yeah. sort of the counter argument to should we cut spending before we raise the debt limit? And, and those are policy conversations, but what you will hear from the White House, what you will hear from Democrats, is that we have an obligation because this has already been spent. This is not about future spending. It's about past spending. Um, And so do you tie that to future spending? Um, The White House, the Biden administration will also point out that the the national debt went up considerably during the four years of the Trump administration. Part of that, to your point, because of the pandemic, the money that was put into that, part of that as well, the the tax um, plan that was put in that cut taxes um, with, um, and again, part of it was because of the, the pandemic. A lot of the offsets and the revenue generated from that didn't materialize or at least have not materialized yet. It's kind of on a 10-year window, right? And so that's the other thing, right? I mean, you can talk about cutting the deficit and, and cutting the debt, but those are usually 10-year projections um, hmm. yeah. that never pan out because circumstances change. There's <laughs> a once-in-a-century pandemic, or there's a global supply chain shortfall, Right. Or right. there is – a war in Eastern Europe, right? I mean, there are things that you can't project out um, that have a big impact on what the federal government has to spend on. And that's one of the challenges, too, As you talk about strategies that Republicans and Democrats are going to kind of have to come up with to reduce the overall trajectory of spending, um, is how do you account for the unknown? And I just listed three from the last 12 months. <laughs> that, you know, could repeat themselves uh, in, in a number of different ways, right? Yeah. And so that's um, that's always one of the concerns.
2: Sometimes, and I always wonder about that, too, because even on the local level, don't we have a contingency plan for, for if the wheels start coming off? <laughs> and I, guess we, I mean, you... <laughs> there
3: is. I mean, so, I mean, yes. I mean, that's why we have a debt limit. Uh, that's kind of the contingency plan. Uh, but um, the idea is that, you know, you try and, and make up revenues sort of down the line for, for spending that has to happen now. And the Congress is able to do what they call uh, sort of emergency spending that doesn't have to necessarily be offset. That's how much of the COVID relief funding, for instance, was covered. That's how um, they're trying to finance some of the um, Ukraine aid, um, which again shows no sign of, of slowing down, right? That, that war has not um, looked like it, it's going to resolve itself anytime soon. And now you're talking about, um, you know, winter warfare, and you're talking about new needs and tanks and anti-aircraft um, um, defenses that that uh, the Ukrainians need, and those are, are technologies that that are expensive.
2: All right, Jared, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it as always. Fox News Radio's Jared Halpern, Congress returning. What's on the agenda this week? Uh, eight coming up on eight to 19 now. Stephen Ten in the morning here on KNSS. And it's time for sports with Jed Chambers, Jed. That's right,
0: and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and start things off in sports with a scary moment. Kansas City Chiefs' er, 20-20 win over Jacksonville on Saturday. Of course, you heard it uh, right here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Uh, That moment, Mitch Holtus on the call
2: here. Again, an outside rush, and Mahomes throws it late on the 1st and 10 play for the Chiefs at the 49 of the Jaguars. Pass is complete to the 45 to Blake Bell. He was the check down receiver, and now Mahomes is hurt. Mahomes is hurt after a gain of four yards. He's holding his right knee. He got hit hard on this play, and Mahomes, is he wanting to come out?
0: Yeah, that was uh, scary watching him get up and (laughs) trying to limp. and Just uh... Yeah, so uh, Chad Henney comes in. Now he did a pretty good job. Got the Chiefs down the field, got him into the end zone, got a touchdown and it was a game where points mattered. 27 to 20. Uh Ah, here's uh <laughs> Here's uh Kansas City Chiefs uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. In the post-game show, talking about the injury, I didn't want to go get the X-rays or whatever it was. I wanted just to continue to play. Um, I told him I would do it at halftime, um, but uh, Coach, I mean, in the best interest of me, uh, just made he made me go back there and, and get that X-ray before he put me back in the game. And I ran back there, got the X-ray, and was able to play, uh, finish the game. So uh, with the storied season of the Buffalo Bills coming to an end at the hand of Cincinnati yesterday, that sets up the AFC Championship game. It's going to be at Arrowhead on Sunday. The Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. So that ought to be pretty good on uh, <laughs> on Sunday. We'll see how that uh, pans out for the Chiefs. And, of course, all week we're going to have to keep updated on the situation where uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, his leg injury that he had, his ankle injury, uh, a good weekend at Interest Bank Arena for the Wichita Thunder. Wichita beat Allen 3-1 on Friday night. Saturday, they hosted the Kansas City Mavericks. Used a four-goal second period to uh, race past the <laughs> Kansas City 7-1. The Goal Fest Saturday on the Wichita Thunder. Thunder now head to Idaho for the next three games, starting on Wednesday night, facing the Steelheads. Wichita State men's basketball team in Texas yesterday, facing Southern Methodist. WSU had early leads of 8-0 and 11-1. That didn't really do, do them a lot of good because they uh, went to the locker room at halftime, down 29-25. SMU kind of caught fire there at the end of that first half. Second half, a streaky back and forth. Shockers and Mustangs trading twin 15 to nothing runs in the last few minutes. You heard that game over on 103.7 KEYN.
2: Scott. And you look at just numbers, you maybe wouldn't figure four points, three assists.
0: Sorry about that. That was the uh, was the wrong audio there. Uh, anyway, uh, the, they came up with some uh, big stops there in the final seconds. They held on for the seventy-one sixty-nine victory. Shockers three and four in conference, despite trailing at halftime in all seven conference games they played. They've uh, come back and won three uh, three of those games. So WSU playing host to Tulane Wednesday night at Charles Koch Arena. College basketball world: the rankings due for a shakeup. Number two KU loses to number fourteen TCU eighty to uh, eighty three to sixty Saturday. Right after a loss to number thirteen K State, K State who beat Texas Tech on Saturday sixty eight fifty eight tonight. Over on KFH, it's the Wichita State Coaches Show starting at 6 o'clock with Isaac Brown, and then Keith Adams at 7 o'clock, then KU looking to get back into the win column, but they've got another big uh, 12 matchup and a tough one on the road facing number 21 Baylor. Jayhawks at Bears tonight. KFH, a broadcast start at 8 o'clock, and that's sports on Stephen Ted in the
2: morning. 822 now. Keep it here for the Hannity Morning Minute. What was learned during World Economic Forum? That's coming up. Stephen and Taylor in the morning here on KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh. 830 here on a Monday morning and at 21 degrees. More classified documents were recently discovered in President Biden's Delaware home, Fox's Lucas Tomlinson at the White House with an update.
1: Here's how the president's personal lawyer described them. Quote, six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding
0: materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate and some of which from his tenure
1: as vice president. The president himself said he thought the search was over. Joe Biden first arrived in Washington as a U.S. senator 50 years ago this month. When Richard
0: Nixon was president, so if this goes back to his time as a senator, that's going back a long way.
2: The White House has said there are no classified documents at President Biden's other Delaware House. Two people were injured after a chase ended in a crash in west of Wichita early Sunday. Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office says the chase started near Kellogg and Mays after the driver fled from a traffic stop. The car ended up crashing near 151st Street West and Highview Drive. There's no word on the condition of the two people involved. Sedgwick County Commissioner Ryan Beatty tells KNSS News he wants to contend for stability in county government.
3: So we can perform good government services. And we have saw over the last three or four years that because of the instability of county government, we weren't able to perform good government service. EMS, county fire has been challenged. Uh, the Sheriff's Office, the Sedgwick County Jail. Because of the instability in staffing, we, we were very inefficient in our capacity to perform good government service.
2: Ryan Beatty, a guest Sunday night on the John Whitmer Show on KNSS. A former Sedgwick County detention deputy has been sentenced to probation for the sexual battery of two inmates. Timothy Baskerville was sentenced Friday to 12 months probation with an underlying sentence of 38 months if he violates the terms of his probation. Baskerville pleaded guilty to two counts of interference with law enforcement and six counts of sexual battery in November of 2022. Baskerville had been with the department for 17 months at the time of his arrest in July of 2020. Representative Blake Carpenter tells KNSS News. Governor Kelly inherited an amazing budget because of Republican policies. And so now she's been spending on billions and billions of dollars. And then plus
3: the federal money, billions and billions of dollars that has come in from COVID and everything else. So she's sitting on all this money right now. So she's like, well, I could spend a ton of it and we still have
1: time left over. So even though she's increasing spending by almost a billion dollars, a billion dollars. We still have an ending balance that's close to $2 billion.
2: Mike Carpenter was a guest on the Whitmer Show Sunday night here on KNSS. And now the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning.
1: With a clear sky and cold here early on, we expect to be mostly sunny today. Temperatures in the upper 30s by lunchtime, 44 later on this afternoon. Quiet conditions through tonight, tarlow 26. Then rain picks up during the afternoon tomorrow with a high 38. A rain-snow mix likely by later Tuesday night. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday.
2: Now a few clouds, 21 degrees, and we have a northwest uh, north wind, that is, at 3 miles per hour. 8.35 now, Stephen's head of the morning here on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. It is that time of the day for the blur this morning. Jad Chambers is blurring us. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> well, Lisa Marie
0: Presley, honored during a memorial service at Graceland over the weekend, Fox's Lauren Faulkner has more.
1: Hundreds of mourners gathered in Memphis on Sunday to celebrate the life of Elvis's only daughter, Lisa Marie Presley. Among those in attendance, her mother, Priscilla Presley, who read a poem written by one of Lisa Marie's daughters that referred to her as an icon. Priscilla later telling the crowd, Our heart is broken. Lisa, we all love you. Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, also paying tribute, recalling the words of her late mother in law, Queen Elizabeth II, saying, Grief is the price we pay for love. Axel Rose of Guns and Rose gave a moving piano performance of November Rain. Alanis Morissette sang Rust, and the Smashing Pumpkins' Billy Corgan sang To Sheila. Lisa Marie passed away earlier this month. She was 54. Lauren Faulkner, Fox News.
0: For actors and crew on the set of Rust, the show must go on. Fox's Chris DeMayo with more. The film
3: Rust will continue production with Alec Baldwin in the lead role, following his recent involuntary manslaughter charges. 42-year-old cinematographer Helena Hutchins was accidentally shot and killed by a gun Baldwin was holding on the set in New Mexico in October of 2021. Baldwin claimed that he did not pull the trigger. His lawyer calling the charges a terrible miscarriage of justice. Prosecutors say the evidence shows Baldwin did pull the trigger. If convicted, the actor could get up to 18 months in jail. Chris DiMaio, Fox News. John Williams gets the featured
0: documentary treatment. Fox's Michelle Polino reporting.
3: The life and music of Oscar-winning composer John Williams gets the close-up. Steven Spielberg's longtime collaborator, will be featured in the doc produced by Spielberg's Amblin Television in conjunction with Imagine Documentaries and Nedlin Media. Williams has teamed with Spielberg for a half a century. The project is in the early stages. The composer turns 91 in a few weeks. He's been nominated for 52 Academy Awards during his 67-year career and won for Fiddler on the Roof, Jaws, Star Wars, E.T., the extraterrestrial, and Schindler's List. Michelle Polino, Fox News.
2: That guy has turned out a ton. Oh man, of
0: great music. <laughs> wow, music is easy to listen to. Yeah, it just gets right in your head, and it goes perfect with every every film he's done music yep. for. The right. the music just fits so well with it. But John Williams getting a documentary. That I think I'll watch that. That's going to yeah, be good pretty one. good. Yeah, should be fairly good. Avatar 2, leading ticket sales in movie theaters for a sixth straight weekend. Fox's Kathleen Maloney with the latest.
1: Avatar, the way of water with nearly 20 million in domestic ticket sales.
2: The way of water connects all things before your birth
1: and after your death. The Disney James Cameron film now surpassing two billion globally. The sixth movie ever to achieve that. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, moves up to number two at the weekend box office, selling $11.5 million worth of tickets in its fifth week in theaters. And Universal's creepy doll horror movie, Megan, is number three with $9.8 million in ticket sales. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News.
0: And right, Avatar 2 is just making lots and lots and lots of money. A group of lawmakers take on a New York City entertainment powerhouse over their use of facial recognition technology. Here's more from Fox's Lauren Green.
1: At New York City's iconic Radio City Music Hall, Big Business is watching you. At the famed Christmas Spectacular, the venue used surveillance cameras and facial recognition technology to prevent a mother from seeing the show with her nine-year-old daughter and an accompanying Girl Scout troop. For the past six months, Madison Square Garden Entertainment, the parent company of Radio City and Madison Square Garden, has used facial recognition technology to deny access to attorneys at firms suing the company, even if they are not working on the litigation. Conlin, an attorney at a firm suing the company who is not working on the suit, is concerned about the policy and its impact.
0: In response, MSG Entertainment uh, states in part that they notified law firms that they instituted a straightforward policy that precludes attorneys from firms that are pressing active legal litigation against the company from attending events at their venues until the litigation is resolved. We've got some birthdays in Hollywood today. Actress Mariska Hargitay turned 59 years old today, Uh, the daughter of actors Jane Mansfield and Mickey Hargitay. Mariska Hargitay is best known for playing Olivia Benson on NBC's Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Happy birthday to Mariska Hargitay. Uh, Today is the 49th birthday of Tiffany Thiessen. As Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell and Valerie Malone on the original Beverly Hills 90210, Tiffany Thiessen was a 90s teen idol. More recently, she starred in White Collar and currently has a series on the Cooking Channel. Happy birthday to Tiffany Thiessen, 49 years old today. We've got a birthday in the music world Cheap Tricks, Robin Zander, celebrating his 70th birthday today. Cheap Tricks, uh, (laughs) Robin Zander, it's his 70th birthday. Uh, Founding member, vocalist, songwriter for the band Cheap Trick, Zander & Co. are famous for their live performances, having played over 5,000 shows so far. They have sold over 20 million recordings, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2016. Happy birthday, Robin Zander. Actor Richard Dean Anderson, 73 years old today, began his career on General Hospital, later starred on Stargate SG-1, probably Steve best known for playing the title character on ABC's MacGyver, yeah. 1985 to 1992. Here's a little MacGyver for everybody.
3: I was ready for a lazy week of serious scuba diving off the Grand Keys, but... Pete Thornton had another idea. The Phoenix Foundation had assigned me to lead a U.S.-Soviet
1: expedition to recover over a $100 million worth of Russian gold. It had gone down with a military cargo plane in the last days of World War II. The only American among the Russian crew was also the plane's only survivor, a young navigator named Lieutenant Turk West.
0: (laughs) MacGyver probably brought that sub up with some... Garden hose and then some tennis balls. (laughs) MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson, 73 years old today. Uh, And, Steve, the miniseries Roots premiered on this day in ABC in 1977. That's right. Yep. Uh, Based on an Alex Haley novel, the historical drama television miniseries was a massive rating success. Critical hit, too. Uh, The eight-episode saga depicted generations of Haley's family after they were forcibly taken to America as slaves. program featured LeVar Burton, Louis Gossett Jr., Ben Vereen, Todd Bridges, Madge Sinclair, Robert Reed, Leslie Uggams. Roots, nine Emmys, a Golden Globe, and a Peabody Award.
2: Look at James Amos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, I think Alex Haley was from, was from Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah. How about that?
0: So there you go. That was big. Roots premiered on this day on ABC in 1977. Uh, we also had another debut on this day. This one in 1983, a little different than Roots. In
3: 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A Team. Yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, okay. the, A-team the A-Team debuted on NBC on this day okay. in 1983. The action-adventure series starred uh, George Pepper, Dirk Benedict, Dwight Schultz, and, of course, Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah, B.A. Baracus there, Mr. T. show was a rating success in its initial season. Maintained a following after extensive repeat airings and syndication. Uh, Feature film based on the series was released in 2010. And, Steve, I've been talking about it. There's current plans for Fox to develop a reboot of the series. Oh, great. We may be getting a brand new (laughs) A-Team. All right. If anybody cares, we (laughs) might be getting a new A-Team reboot on Fox. But it was on this day, 1983, the A-Team debuted on NBC. And that's all we have for The
2: Blur today, Steve. Get me a mohawk haircut now. Go <laughs> with Mr. T. <D>. All right, <laughs> 844. And coming up, we have the Wichita Business Journal update. Bill Roy has died. We're going to tell you about that on the way with Steve and Ted here on KNSS.
0: download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies
3: last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
1: all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time
2: Stephen, 10 of the morning, KNSS 848 now here on this Monday morning. Three big things. Three. Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals will play Sunday for a shot at the Super Bowl. Two. Ten people dead, including the shooter, and ten wounded in a Southern California mass shooting. One. Longtime broadcaster and Wichita Business Journal editor Bill Roy has died after a long battle with ALS big things Stephen Ted on KNSS uh, traffic hazard Kellogg and
0: Mays Road just watch for a slowdown in the area again that's a uh, traffic hazard reported Kellogg and Mays Road stalled out vehicle uh, eastbound K96 at Rock Road so watch for a slowdown there as well traffic update from 98.7 and
2: 1330 KNSS I'm Jed Chambers mostly sunny today with a high of 44 degrees Mostly cloudy tonight, the overnight low 24. Tuesday, 30% chance for afternoon rain and a high of 38 degrees. Now, partly cloudy. We have a north wind at 3 miles per hour and 21 degrees. Steve, 10 in the morning here on KNSS 850 now here on this Monday morning. And uh, on Friday, the uh, NASDAQ added 288 points, S&P up 74. The Dow up 331 here on the new week. Does it continue? Well, right now we're looking at, uh, let me see if I can refresh this. Looking at at the stocks up to the minute. Okay, S&P showing up 16 points. The Dow's up about 35. And the NASDAQ really looking good up about 90 points this morning as we begin the trading day on Wall Street. Uh, A survey of uh, national economists says more businesses now expect job reductions at their firms and to spend less on expansions for the first time since the pandemic. The January survey by the National Association for Business Economics is a sign that the Federal Reserve's push to raise interest rates is doing its job to slow the economy. But the survey shows business owners are still concerned that the Fed's decision making could push too hard on the economy and potentially put the U.S. into a recession this year. Now, business news this morning from the Wichita Business Journal. Really, one story, just one story to talk about today. Bill Roy, Wichita Business Journal's editor since 2003 and a friend to seemingly everyone who came in contact with, died Sunday morning at his home of complications from amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. He was 61 years old. 37-year journalist diagnosed with ALS in the fall of 2019. Roy was inducted into the Kansas Press Association Hall of Fame in 2022, a nod to his versatility as a journalist and his leadership for two decades at the WBJ, where he had grown readership, particularly online, as news organizations became increasingly digital-minded. He also used his talent as a former radio broadcaster to create the BizTalk, With Bill Roy Podcast, which delivered weekly interviews with Wichita business leaders and newsmakers for the past five years. It was the first podcast of its kind in the 45-market American City Business Journal's chain. A 1985 graduate of Kansas State University, Roy had short stints in radio news spots in Garden City and Blue Springs, Missouri. Then he was hired in 1988 by Wichita's KFDI radio, as a reporter and anchor bill's business journal updates were part of our steve and ted in the morning show for several years on knss and a source of a lot of fun and great entertainment and great information always a good time twice a morning with bill and our thoughts and prayers go out to gretchen the twins and all of bill's many family and friends across kansas bill roy passing away at the age of 61 all right, it's 8.53 now, Stephen, 10 in the morning here on KNSS. Just a quick update. We're talking about business news. Riverside Cafe has opened. It's or, reopened its original business there at 13th and Jeanette. Uh, drove by it twice as well, twice this weekend. And both Saturday and Sunday, the parking lot was full. On Sunday, Shelly suggested we call in an order, so we did. And we called in an order for a couple of chicken fried steaks, and I went in to pick them up, and again, place was crowded <laughs> there. The business is good. Of course, they've had to. They've kept the. They had a fire there, what, a couple three years ago, and knocked the place out for quite a while. But they've, they've got a store out west, and where is the other one? Out east, someplace.
0: Oh, uh,
2: uh, south somewhere. Yeah, but anyway, the one, the river, the original. It uh, looks to me like they're back open, and they're doing well. everybody have got a sign in the window. Need help if you want. A, you want a job? it could be a place to go. <laughs> could be Riverside Cafe. It's a. It was for. Of course, I've lived in Riverside now for. Most of my life, and uh, it was a place that uh, they called it uh, Dick and Jane's for years, and um, before it was turned into Riverside. And uh, when it was Dick and Jane's, we went in there on a Saturday, and it was kind of busy. And my 14 year old daughter, the, Dick, uh, another guy became a friend, and he t- stopped by the table. My 14 year old daughter, Stacy, says, "Hey, looks like you need some help. Did you what? You think he says, 'Well, you think you could do this?'" She says. I think so. He says, well, when can you go to work? She says, I'll go home and change clothes. And I'll be back. And I'll be back. <laughs> At the age of 14, she took a job waitressing there. Cool. And I'll tell you what, she would go in on a Saturday morning, and she would come home around noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon with a Montana bankroll. Yeah. <laughs> no, a roll of bills <laughs> like a roll of toilet paper or something. But she had a great time. Good to see Riverside back in, back in uh, going today. Today yeah. is... National Pie Day. I'm talking about the dessert type of pie. Yes. Fruit pies, berry pies, green pies. All mouth-watering servings of homemade goodness. And I know everyone's got a favorite, so how about having a piece of pie today Yeah, on National Pie Day? Mm, key lime. All right. So mm. we have Ted today off. Ted's going to be back in tomorrow morning, and uh, this is the place to be. Uh, we've got the Glenn Beck program coming up here in just a few minutes on KNSS. The 9 o'clock news this morning will be... Uh, telling more about, uh, oh, Glenn Beck, by the way, uh, FBI, finding more documents at Biden's home. That's what they're going to talk about. And top of the hour news, and we're going to talk about there about Bill Roy passing away. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for Glenn Beck, the Dana Last Show, and news updates all day. Stephen's head in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS Wichita. High today, 44 degrees. Right now, 21. This is the storm. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's
1: the best podcast of all time?